0: Straight from the cockpit, it's another episode of Lunatic Fringe with the fucking pilot. Ready, set, go. All right, back in the can for another edition of Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. In these strange, strange times, we've got people that are doing some pretty cool shit to try and help everybody out and and inspire, and I've got one of those people on the other end of the line. So tell me, who the fuck are you and what do you do?
1: Hey there, Dean. Um, Nice to be here with you. My name is Rachel Belmont, and I am an accelerated nursing student at Rutgers University, New Brunswick, in New Jersey, here in the USA. And I'm also a skydiver and an ultramarathon runner. And I am about to take on a huge project to give back to both my um, fellow healthcare workers and my skydive community.
0: Okay, well, <clears throat> shit, there's a lot to unpack there. Um, so yeah. <laughs> what an interesting time to be a nursing student. Are you starting to wonder yes. if maybe that's, <laughs> if you could have picked an easier field?
1: Oh, man. Yeah, no, it's it's definitely, it's been difficult for all of us. I mean, uh, we watched actually one of our professors get sick. Um which was definitely difficult. Uh, I remember being on a conference call with her like two weeks ago, going over exam results. And she was telling me, um, you know, having COVID, like she described it as waves of death. And, you know, told me that like every time she woke up, she would just wake up with like tears in her eyes just because she was so happy to be alive because she watched so many of her patients just never wake up. And it's, it's crazy to just hear that firsthand
0: yeah for sure from
1: someone and then just another one of my classmates um i was talking to last night um has covid as well and it's it's terrifying it's yeah. it's terrifying just to watch people you love you know people you know like you go through this and you know as a, as a class of nurses soon to be nurses as well um we're all definitely struggling um not being able to do clinicals in person and having to do everything online just Sure. You know, finding ways to adapt to everything. Well, not um, to mention, the key here. <laughs> I'd imagine
0: it's got to feel a little bit <laughs> like uh, just enlisting in the army two weeks before World War II broke out. <laughs> it
1: is. <laughs> you know,
0: I mean, it's yeah. all of a sudden you went from thinking, okay, this is going to be this and this and this, and you have these preconceived notions of your career ahead. And then somebody blows something up and you're on a boat going to fight. You know, I mean, that's pretty hardcore. Yeah. It's, well, no, and, it's. It- I was just going to say, you know, uh, especially because you have firsthand knowledge dealing with people directly that have had it. Most of us, or I'd say a fair amount of us, have yet to meet anybody that suffered uh, um, big time through it. You know, I know a couple of people that have had minor cases, but no one that it's hit really hard. So it's kind of scary.
1: It's terrifying, Dean. I mean, there are people in my town who have died from this. You know, other friends I've spoken to, you know, who are currently going through it, who went through it, and you just. You think like you know can I be next?
0: Sure. Yeah, well, like and being in Jersey yeah. you're once again close to ground zero. Oh my
1: God. Yeah.
0: I New mean, York has been
1: hit so hard. Oh it's, yeah. It's terrifying.
0: It's ridiculous and you you see it uh, getting worse and worse every day online and and obviously it's starting to get better in other places which gives hope but uh yeah, it's it's definitely bizarre times. Bizarre times. Well, and it's got to affect you in multiple ways because you're not only having to deal with uh you know doing all the nursing stuff locked indoors but you're an ultra marathoner. Well, I am. That makes it a little <laughs> bit difficult to <laughs> You know, I mean, how do you go for a long run in your living room?
1: Well, actually, so I have been running outdoors, but I do so mostly at night or very early in the morning when there's not a lot of people out. So, yes, that includes, you know, literally going for a long run at Hmm. like 930 at night. Like, for example, last week I went for a 16 mile run, finished a little after midnight. And, you know, my reasoning for that is just I don't want to be around a lot of people, whether that's, you know, getting infected or, you know, infecting someone else. I just I don't want to put myself or anyone else at risk. Sure. And if I do, you know, run during the day, I will run with a mask. Um, that's like, got to uh, be, for,
0: that's gotta be pretty challenging itself there. I mean, because yeah. so, so much of what you do relies on proper breathing.
1: <laughs> well, so um, this morning, for example, I went for a 20 mile run, started pretty early, like a little bit before 7 a.m., when there wasn't that many people out and I was actually uh, running with one of the liquid sky masks. Um, they're excellent. Okay. And I don't keep it on myself the entire time because it is difficult to breathe, as you said, but whenever I see that I'm about to come in, you know, come in co- close contact with, um, people, I'll put it on, you know, and it well in advance. Uh, sure. And then, you know, yeah, when I'm like running on my own, you know, on like a trail or something, you know, I'll, uh, like, uh, bring it back down. So. Sure.
0: Sure. It's weird, isn't it? I mean, you're mm-hmm. out in public now and, uh, you, I instantly get uncomfortable as soon as somebody even with a mask on starts to get a little too close. And if it, you do. If, yeah. if clearly they're not paying attention, you know, everybody's, you know, face down in their phone and they're about to walk into me, I get
1: pissed. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, um, it's, it's terrifying. Like just, you know, running past someone, you know even being far away from them like right away my first instinct is to put on my mask sure. and it's like it's just it's crazy how months ago you know like that wasn't the case and now yeah the pandemic like everyone's just kind of like you know, scarred. Oh yeah. Oh I, I don't, to even. Yeah.
0: <laughs> I, I don't see things going back to how they were yeah. before. There will be definite changes from now on. I mean, there's yeah. no way that there's not, because this has been something that people have talked about for a long time, but it was always just, you know, uh, uh, academic for the most part. Cause the last one big one was in 1918, you know, uh, and this time it's happened again and we're living through it, which I, and if it's outside the movies, I don't think anybody really expected it. Really? So, well, yeah, <laughs> at least not people like me, maybe the medical <laughs> and Bill Gates, of course, he thought about it. So on to much happier things. Let's talk about beating the shit out of yourself running. That sounds horrible to yeah. me, but obviously you love it.
1: <laughs> I do, Dean. And, you know, I actually, I have a really big backstory about how I got started in this um So back in high school, I was a competitive uh, distance runner. I ran a 459 mile, 1837 5K. I was getting recruited by top colleges throughout the nation. I had coaches from UPenn, Yale, you know, Columbia, Princeton, um, Clemson, everywhere. Just, you know, uh, coming to my races, watching me, recruiting me, you know, Remember, you know, the University of Miami coach, you know, sitting in my living room like it was it was an exciting time for sure. Um, But I I finally decided on the University of Florida because they had the number one uh, track and cross country team in the nation. And I really wanted to be a part of that. But um, unfortunately, my senior year, um, I experienced a freak accident that Uh changed my life forever shortly after signing to run for this team. um, Yeah, I was in my gym class playing basketball basketball of all things right i don't even i'm not even i'm not even good at basketball like i was just like playing for fun and i went for a layup and felt a pop in my knee and it turns out that i tore my acl and my meniscus
0: both playing basketball
1: playing basketball in my gym class shortly after signing to run yes for uh, one of the top track teams in the nation i was i was heartbroken i was 17 years old i mean i went into like a deep depression because I couldn't run, you know, sure. for like six months. And, you know, that was really difficult for me. But, you know, I had a lot of support. I pushed through. Um, six months later, I started running again. And at that time, it was so I had I had I had this surgery, um, my senior year of high school. So spring of 2014. So six months after that, I was just starting my first um, fall semester as a freshman okay. at the University of Florida. Just started running again, Dean, two weeks back into running after taking off for six months, felt pain in my knee again, got an MRI, turns out that I was diagnosed with a cyclops lesion, which is super rare. It happens to, yeah, post-op ACL patients, Um, it's like built up scar tissue, and I had to get another knee surgery. I mean, it was a less invasive one, um, but still, I had to get another surgery that same year. All that hard work that I had put in for six months, I felt like... Went to waste because now I had to take off of running again for sure. like another couple of months. Sure. And Dean, that just that just threw me into like one of the worst periods in my life. I ended up having to medically withdraw mid semester. I was just I was so depressed. I gained like 20 pounds. Sure. I just I felt isolated and I just thought I would never be able to run again. I almost gave up running for good at that moment. I mean.
0: Well, and I think that's uh, and, yeah. that's a pretty common reaction, too. And, and let me ask you, while yeah. we're talking about it, uh, this happening so young, I've seen many, many stories of similar situations where it's, uh, uh, you know, a younger person, uh, in, you know, in their early teens and up that have trained so hard for so long that by the time they hit that, you know, 17, 18, 19 mark, they've beaten the shit out of their bodies and a lot of them get prone yeah. to injury. I mean, that's not an yeah. uncommon thing. Um, which is crazy too, but so what was your initial drive to start running? Why did you want to do the distance stuff and when, you know, how old were you when you started?
1: Um, when I initially started, actually, you know, um, I tracked that back to like, honestly around seventh, eighth grade. Um, when I was at St. Ambrose, I ran track and like, obviously I didn't, it wasn't like anything long. It was like, you know, a mile max, but. I um yeah like I, I I remember like you know winning a couple races and uh, you know I wasn't like that fast back then like I ran like maybe like a six thirty mile in like seventh grade. <laughs> I love and that you say that like confident.
0: it's. I love that you say that like it's slow <laughs> and my fastest is no. you know just barely <laughs> under six minutes.
1: <laughs> um, <laughs> but like yeah no it was it was just like for fun like I i didn't take it seriously like i remember literally you know eating like burger king like after practice like it wasn't i wasn't you know competitive at it i didn't actually get competitive until maybe like i would say sophomore year of high school that was like my breakout year um that's when i decided like okay like you know you can actually be competitive at this you know You can to get a college scholarship. It
0: it sounds to me like you're quite good hearted about your competition level as well. In fact, um, you bring up a a quick memory of I had done a triathlon a bunch of years ago and on the running section, I'm slow as fuck running. And uh, (laughs) uh, I'm about halfway through the run and this very petite, very young girl goes (laughs) flying by me. And as she flies by me in the most cheerful voice, she says, keep it up. Good job. And just blows by me. Which was encouraging and a huge gut punch. <laughs> Are you the type that would do that? You're running past an old man. Good job. You would. Yeah, I, you? Just, I
1: don't know. I say good job to like everybody. Like, <laughs> nice. I just... <laughs> but I don't mean it in like any way. Um, nice. <laughs> but yeah, I just, you know what? Like I give props to anyone who's, you know, you know, running or exercising, especially during this time. Sure. I just, you know, every you know, it's your own journey. Yeah, It's not a competition, you know, like everyone's doing their own thing.
0: Yeah. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. Well, although, in, unless you sign on the dotted line and, and put yourself up at the starting gates and then, then it's definitely a competition, but again, <laughs> you're, you're right. You're, you're always running your own race, but all right. So back to you, sure. um, you, you have the, the multiple injuries and you're out of school now because, <laughs> um, it's obviously gotten to be yeah. too much. And what comes next?
1: oh man okay so I took like a whole year off from school dean um you know I was just like I really don't know where I want to go forward with running and everything I kind of just need to like come home chill for a year figure out what I want to do going forward um I remember I worked at like Panera that year (laughs) um right and then I decided um I was going to transfer to Monmouth University which is an in-state um school in New Jersey the following fall in 2015 so um yeah so I I took off that year uh, for the time being for transferring following fall
0: okay. and
1: as far as running goes you know okay so i came home mid semester mid mid fall semester so like november of 2014 and then i didn't start running again i would say to like april of 2015. you know i just started running a couple miles a day again i was like okay you know you have to get back into this you know y- sure. you can't stay down at rock bottom forever sure and it was hard like, I, I literally, you know, I didn't run at all the past year. I had two knee surgeries. I could probably count on my hand how many runs I went on right. that, that entire year. And, you know, I started running again. I'm just like, you know what? You really need to get out of this funk. Like, you need to have an epic comeback or something again sure. like, to get you going. And I had the craziest freaking idea in the world. Um, it, it scared me at the time. I'm, I'm so happy I went, to, I went through with it. I decided that I was going to run the 2015 New York City Marathon Okay. Um, after literally not running for a year and sign up to run with a charity called Team for Kids. Nice. So to run with this charity, um, you have to commit to fundraise uh, 2,620 dollars. Okay. Um, by the start of the marathon, so you know that was that was a huge commitment for me. Like I just committed to one run a marathon after you know having two knee surgeries, not running for a year. And to come up with 2,600 bucks. And right. at the time, I, I didn't have any connections or anything. I just had an awful year. Like, you know, I didn't, I've never run a marathon before. Like, and I was kind of, uh, you know, I was in a tough, uh, I was in a tough spot because I didn't know anyone who would really donate to me. And I just, I felt really awkward about it too. Like, I don't like asking people um, for money right. and, you know, stuff like that. Like, I just feel weird about it. Um. And I actually ended up – this is pretty crazy. um, I gave most of my paycheck that I made at Panera that summer (laughs) to, um, yeah, to uh, Team for Kids just so I could run this marathon because it's so difficult to get into the New York City Marathon, Dean. Either you have to get in through a lottery, which is extremely difficult because there's like 50,000 people who run this thing every year. Right. Or you get in through a charity. And getting in through a charity is really – one of the most popular ways to go but you know you have to commit to fundraising a certain amount right um right or um yeah there's other, there's another way you could qualify if you run nine new york roadrunner races and then volunteer at one um uh, but that takes like a year to do sure. um and i wanted to run this race this year so i was like all right you know what i'm gonna come up <laughs> with 2600 bucks uh whether it's my own money or other people donate going to go towards a great cause sure. um, and the cause is to um help kids throughout the nation have community-based running programs so the money will go towards their running programs their uniforms their shoes it's such a wonderful cause i mean you're giving kids the gift of running of sure you know exercise teamwork like i mean who wouldn't normally be able to have access to those things and it just helps them grow into even better people and yeah um so it's just such a wonderful charity. And being a part of that charity is amazing, too, because you have access to coaches, weekly training plans. Um, nice. We met up every Saturday in Central Park and went for runs throughout the city. And let me tell you, Team for Kids is my family. Nice. Like I actually re- I returned um, as a mentor as well the past couple of years to help out first time, uh, you know, People, people training for their first New York City marathon. Like I would just give them advice and everything over email or phone call every week. So I've definitely given back um, nice. to them as well throughout the years. But yeah, back to the marathon. Um, I ended up successfully finishing, yeah, crossing the Fantastic. finish line in Central Park. Yeah, 2015, Dean, it was the most, like, oh my, it was the most incredible feeling in the world to just overcome everything I have in the past year, to go from, just being so depressed and down in, in that dark place I never thought I'd get out of. Sure. You know, going through those two knee surgeries to freaking, you know, finishing my first marathon at 19 years old. Right. And you know, doing so for a wonderful cause. And after that, I just... It kind of had a snowball effect, and um, yeah, it, it, I haven't uh, mm-hmm. I haven't stopped.
0: Yeah, that feeling is addictive for sure. I mean, I, I have a much okay. uh, a much smaller version of that just in the you know completing a bunch of uh, triathlons and stuff without any adversity other than the race itself. So I went into them you know relatively healthy and having not had to overcome anything, and crossing that finish line was still an amazing thing. So I can imagine, especially when you're you know back to doing the thing that you thought you'd be doing at a competitive level uh, not even sure yeah. you could do that again and then to be able to do that and go bang out 26.2 miles in New York is pretty awesome
1: it is it's the biggest party in the world it's my favorite marathon I mean just the crowds people cheering for your name who don't even know you sure. you know uh, it's yeah like I've, I've run that race four times See, uh, and, and in my world I,
0: in I my it. world there's no way that those two words go together Together, favorite and marathon just don't fucking match in my mind. It doesn't,
1: the The
0: running portion of every triathlon, I was just dreading everyone because I was fast in the water. I was, you know, average on the bike, but I was slow on the run. So all the people that I passed in the water or kept up with on the bike just whizzed past me on the run. So the idea of my going and running a marathon is just hideous. Now, so you go from doing marathons, but now you're an ultra marathoner. Tell me. I know what yeah, it is, but yeah. tell people exactly what an ultra marathon is and why the fuck anyone <laughs> would do this to themselves.
1: Oh man, uh, this is this is a this is a broad topic, but <laughs> <laughs> yeah. So an ultra marathon is anything over twenty six point two miles. It can include a fifty k, which is um thirty two miles, sixty k, um, fifty milers hundred k, and my favorite, my personal favorite, the one hundred miler. Um, a hundred miles. You know, <laughs> I don't even like driving
0: a (laughs) hundred (laughs) miles.
1: Oh, man. Um, You know, it's just so different, Dean. You know, marathons are, you know, great, but running a hundred miles, it's just, it's so different. Like, it's all mental, you know, and it's not so much about time. It's more about grit and really finding yourself and just dropping your ego entirely and, and, you know, reaching that moment of zen where you just – like you're in, you're in so much pain you think you can't go any further but your mind just carries you through like sure i I've, I've had some of my most revealing moments um you know like mile 80 85 and to a <laughs> 100 mile race like most it's people crazy. would call not, them it,
0: near death experiences.
1: It oh I I definitely agree with that. <laughs> um, to some degree. No, I do. Um like for example, about a year ago I ran the Keys 100 Miler. It's a 100 uh, mile race from Key Largo to Key West. Okay. Um in in mid May, uh super hot. Yeah. The heat index when I ran this thing, Dean was 107. Oh, Jesus. It was crazy. Literally, literally crazy. I got trench foot during it. Um, tr- literally trench foot. I had some of the worst sunburn um, chafe marks. It was. Oh, yeah. It. I, I, I just remember being so nauseous. I could barely eat during that entire race. Like, Dean, if I'm being honest with you, I probably had like two to three thousand calories that whole race. And you're talking a hundred miles. I mean, you burned 20,000. That's terrible. That's terrible. That's, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, that's, just, that's just,
0: well, the the abuse yeah. that you put yourself through in something like that, I saw a, a, a yeah. while back, I saw uh, snippets of a documentary, same thing, a, a guy that was an ultramarathoner that actually went through surgery to have all his toenails removed because he was tired of them turning black and falling off.
1: That happens. I've definitely had quite a few toenails fall
0: off. Oh, yeah. No, I've, I've lost toenails just on long treks. I just trekked Everest not that long ago and I lost five toenails to it. So running 100 miles, I mean, holy shit. How do you even mentally get yourself ready for that, let alone how do you physically train to run 100 miles?
1: Yeah, training for 100 miles, um, a lot of it, Dean, is just a large amount of volume mm. per week and consistency. You know, anyone anyone can do this, but it's really about consistency. So build progressively building up your mileage over the course of a few months, sure. you know? So like building from 50 to eventually like – I usually peak at like 100 miles a week because my mantra is if you could run 100 miles in a week and that feels easy, like generally easy, you can run 100 miles in a day. So I remember training for the keys, I did back to back 100 mile weeks, that was my peak. And that felt good. I was able, you know, um, to do that, and then taper. So I usually taper like two to three weeks before a race. So That's when I start progressively um, decreasing my mileage. And I would say double long runs, that's extremely important. So, you know, when I was running my highest mileage weeks, I'd run, you know, for example, like, i don't know 25 to 30 miles one day and then like 17 miles the next day but i would go slower on those runs because it was more about building my base building my endurance um and not necessarily focusing so much on speed kind of like what i'm doing this weekend like last night i went for an 11 mile run um you know uh didn't do anything crazy this morning i went for a 20 mile run um and you know i felt like i could have gone a lot faster like averaging you know uh sub eight pace, but no, like I held myself back. I'm like, you know, you still have to run again tomorrow. Um, right. when I plan on doing like 16 miles worth of doubles, you know? So I hold back a bit, especially when I'm going into higher mileage per week. Um, just being, um, yeah, just, uh, being in tune with your body and, you know, getting used to, you know, a higher mile, like higher, uh, set of mileage uh, sure. for you. Now, yeah.
0: when when you start to get into those high miles, I mean, for me, high miles is nothing compared to what it is for you. But I find I I have to battle two things when I'm doing any run that's of any distance at all. One of them is the pain or discomfort that you end up with, and two is boredom. Um, uh, especially in those races, are you guys allowed music when you run?
1: Oh, absolutely! And okay, I, you are. I'm okay, you, I'm a huge music listener. Oh, yeah. like I I love my music. That's um that's what motivates me um especially on these longer runs like there's i mean some people could do it without music me personally i need it oh yeah there's times in a race where i'm just like all right you know i've listened to music for like the first 20 miles i don't want to listen to anything for the next like 10 you know it's you know i like to give myself breaks but when i'm on a long run or any other run like i rely on my i do rely on my music. It right. just gets me motivated, it gets me going. Um, yeah, I did,
0: a, uh, yeah. <laughs> I did a triathlon when I lived in St. Croix and uh, uh, the oh, rules wow. were you weren't allowed to have music, but I was nowhere near the competitive field. Uh, so my mentality was I'm running this race for myself anyway. Um, so if they want to disqualify me for listening yeah. to music, they can fucking disqualify me. Uh, and I had everything from uh, air uh, or air, uh, ear pods for swimming and then the bike and the run for the whole damn thing. Cause if I don't have music, I'm not going to run. No way.
1: <laughs>
0: it's not going to happen. Yeah,
1: no. Um, some races, some races do ban it. Um, of course, you know, you have to be aware of your surroundings and that's another thing too. Uh, Just making sure if you're going to listen to music during a race, just be aware of your surroundings, you know, check for other runners, be respectful.
0: Sure. Well, and I'm of Uh, the firm belief that music is absolutely performance enhancing without a doubt.
1: Oh, it is. Definitely. I've I've definitely found it is.
0: Yeah. Yeah. Now, how about uh, how about nutrition? What the fuck do you eat? to go with the the amount of running that you're doing. I mean, I'll put down two or three, 4,000 calories a day, um, and stay active, but I'm not running 20 miles a day.
1: Yeah. Um, so actually I just started, uh, two months ago training under renowned fitness and strength coach, um, Kevin Hedgenos. Hmm. So Kevin, um, Kevin and, um, his, uh, co-coach, Brandon, uh, they're amazing. They've been virtually coaching me for the past 10 weeks, because I'm undergoing a 12 week program through Mm. them. And, um, you know, telling me how many macros to eat per day, uh, what strength workouts to do, recommending certain foods to eat. So they've been on top of me. And actually, as a result, I've lost uh, 16 pounds. Wow. And I've, I've, yeah, my running times uh, have definitely um improved and i've been running a lot more efficiently and i just feel the difference um and, and i find nutrition is so important dean like last year for example i didn't care about my nutrition i just ate whatever i wanted right and you know what i mean you can do that to an extent but like if you really if you really want to feel good you know um when you're running these longer miles and you know run a lot more efficiently and recover faster. It's just, it's very important. So, yeah,
0: I mean, I would think for the shorter stuff, um, calories are calories, but when you're talking about running a hundred miles, calories and efficiency in those calories has got to be extremely important.
1: It, it, no, it, it really is. Um, yeah. So I've been using my fitness pal to track everything, which has been super helpful. Um, yeah, you know, I, I pretty much eat flexibly, um, because I, uh look at macros more so as long as it fits my plan i'll eat it um you know typical like dinner for me would be like chicken or shrimp and like you know um some kind of carb like brown rice or sweet potatoes um veggies um breakfast um i love pancakes Uh, (laughs) that's my go-to post long run meal like this morning that's literally what i made for myself um And, yeah, like uh, as far as like supplements and stuff go, I'm actually – I just uh, received a uh, sponsorship opportunity with uh, Hammer Nutrition. Nice. So, uh, yeah, I'm going to be um, working with them um, and a part of their family going forward, which I'm extremely excited for. Well, shout out to Hammer Nutrition then. Yeah, they have – oh, my God. They have so many great stuff. I mean between gels, bars, electrolyte uh, tabs protein powder. And I actually, um, started using them too, um, a couple of years ago and yeah, they're, they're great. I've experimented with a lot of different brands and stuff, but the great thing about hammer is that they just have a wide uh, range of resources. Like it's not just like gels and bars, like they have supplements, they have, you know, clothing, they have protein powders, like they have everything. And on top of that, it's a family business too. And, I really love that as well. Um, It's important to me and they just, they really care about their athletes. Um, I've, you know, met a lot of, you know, endurance athletes who are uh, sponsored by them. And there's just like a large library of resources as well within the company, which is important. So, you know, So now, uh, when
0: you're going into these long, long races, the 100 milers and stuff, I know that uh, one of the tips that I was given, right or wrong, uh, before I would do a triathlon was to carb load a couple of days before, um, so you've got that extra kick. But I wouldn't think that, because you're eating throughout that 100 miler, are you carb loading a bunch, or are you relying on maintaining that calorie intake during the race?
1: So, um yeah, you know what? I mean, I'll cargo load a bit, like, leading up into the race, for sure. But throughout the race, it's so important to fuel every hour. Mm. Especially in the beginning, Dean, because, you know, later on in the race, you know, you might get some stomach discomfort. You might feel sick. You might not want to eat. So making sure that you're eating for that first half, you know, pretty frequently. And when I say frequently, I mean, you know, 150 to, like, 200 calories an hour, at least. Right. Um, is very important. Yeah. Um, so... yeah, you know, you'll have, I'll have like my standard gels um, and bars and stuff in the beginning, but then i kind of get sick of that. And then I want like real food. Um, (laughs) My go-to is a bacon grilled cheese sandwich. Oh my God. Um, That is like my, that's like my ultra running food. Like I remember in the Keys um, at Mile, I think it was like 75. Yeah. I had like barely eaten the entire race, but like I started feeling really good again around that mark. And I. Remember at the aid station, there was some, it was like 3 a.m. And some lady was like making grilled cheese sandwiches. And I'm just like, please, like, <laughs> I need, I need, I need a grilled cheese sandwich. And um, yeah, it was like the best thing in the world then. Wow. And- Um, yeah, my last race I did, I did a 24 hour race back in November where I ran as many miles as I could around a one mile circle, which was pretty nuts. Yeah. And they were making bacon grilled cheeses during that too. So (laughs) you you definitely know I was all up on that. God,
0: (laughs) I don't know which would be worse. They're running for 24 hours or trying to run with the bacon grilled cheese in my stomach.
1: (laughs) Oh, believe I have tried to eat everything while running. I bet. <laughs> while running quesadillas, quesadillas, soup, mashed potatoes. Wow. Um, literally, uh yeah, that that race was pretty insane. The twenty four hour race. That was um yeah, it was a one mile circle in Sussex County, New Jersey, and you just run as many miles as you can around it within twenty four hours. And there's like an aid station with a kitchen set up, like at the start and finish line. Right. And they're just making food for you all throughout the night, like I remember um, the guy who was crewing me, um, Rich Riappel, awesome ultra runner, runs 162 miles in 24 hours, part of Team USA. So shout out to him. Um, He's been super helpful with like, you know, mentoring me, giving me advice. And um, yeah, he actually crewed me during that race. So he was like, just making sure that I was eating all the time, like, I remember him literally handing me a cup of soup with mashed potatoes inside <laughs> and just like telling me, like literally shoving it in my face and just saying, Rachel, you got to start, you know, sipping this. It was like mile 80 or something. And I just remember walking with like a hot cup of soup, all delirious, <laughs> <laughs> oh, <God. laughs> walking in a circle. Yeah, it's uh, it's something different. Dude. Now, how many, but, yeah, uh, how many
0: miles did you do?
1: <laughs> So I ended up doing 106. I could have done more because I hit the 100-mile mark in, like, 21 hours and 30 minutes. Um, according to my watch, it was, like, 20 hours and 50 minutes, but I didn't run the tangents perfectly. Mm. So, like, you could run – yeah. So, like, if you run, like, a little on the outside of the loop, that adds up. Right. You know, so I ended up doing – my watch – my Garmin recorded me doing, like, an extra, like, three miles or so, which was, like, really annoying and frustrating because sure. it would say, like, you know – you're at 103 miles, but I'm just coming up on mile 100. You know, like right. it, so. Um, yeah. So, anyways, I uh, according to the official race time, I hit um, 100 miles in like 21:31. Right. So I had like two and a half hours left. Uh, but the top of my right foot was absolutely killing me. And I was really like getting petrified that I was going to like break it or something. Sure. So I was, I told Rich cause Rich, you know, was like, Oh, you know, you could totally do over 110. Like, let's go. I'm like, Rich, like the top of my right foot, uh, you know, does not feel so great right, right. now. You know, I think I'm, I'm going to have to just like walk this out. So I literally just walked the last two and a half hours, got another six miles in, well. um, I'm
0: pretty much after a hundred miles, I'd say you can fucking walk and hold your head up. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, come on. I, I've got good friends in skydiving that couldn't walk 10 miles in 24 hours. So yeah, you cross the hundred mile mark. I think you can pretty much cruise the rest of the way. Yeah. Yeah.
1: yeah it was, it, it was nice. I remember like uh, the last couple miles, I was just kind of like, Limping and sipping some hot cocoa, like talking to, you know, <laughs> other runners, also walking. Nice cool down. Yeah. yeah. Nice yeah, cool I down. Mean, well, yeah, yeah. You meet some cool people. Oh, <laughs> I bet.
0: I bet. Now I'm going to use that to segue into um, how did you decide yeah. the first time you were going to go jump out of an airplane?
1: Oh, man. So actually, the first time I jumped from a plane was back in. 2015. Yeah. So five years ago, it was at Scott Ive the Ranch. Okay. Um, I know the ranch. Yeah. Like, I just said, yeah, yeah. Scott Ive the Ranch. So, like, um, I remember it was during that year off, um, you know, from school and everything. And I just, I was trying to kind of like find myself again. And, you know, um, before I started running again, like, I started doing like some other stuff, like kind of, uh, finding my love for adrenaline. I met, uh, my friend Chase, who runs this, um, company that runs that, uh, you know, runs like bungee jumping trips and hiking trips and stuff. So I mm. kind of got into that. And then uh, next for me was like, wanting to jump from an airplane. That was something I've always wanted to do. And I really wanted to get in touch with like, you know, my my love for adrenaline. Um, right. Yeah, that I, I've never really had an opportunity to express. And yeah, so I did my first uh, jump at the ranch. And I remember when I landed, like right away i was asking my instructor like how do i get licensed in this this is awesome like i don't want i don't want this to just be a bucket list thing right you know um i want to turn this into a hobby like how cool would that be to literally jump from airplanes every weekend
0: pretty fucking cool um
1: but yeah 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 it, but it was always a matter of time and money you know that oh, yeah. when i got when i did yeah when i did my first jump i was like 18 and you know it's obviously it's it's a commitment like sure so yeah, I didn't um, get licensed until 2018. Okay. I went to Scott. Yeah, Scott have Spaceland Houston did their A License in a Week program. It's so awesome. I mean, you meet some of the best instructors in the world there. Sure. Uh, they really care about their students. And yeah, um, I got licensed. It was awesome. But since then, I, I really haven't jumped too much just because I've been really busy with running with school. Like I still don't have my own rig yet. You know, that's sure. something I'm waiting to get. Like after I finish nursing school, you know, I'm 23. I'm taking my time. Like oh, yeah. no rush. Well, now you had you, you you know, actually
0: yeah. t- you had uh, told me off uh, the podcast about a mix between skydiving and running that you're super stoked about. And you briefly told me about a race that involves a jump.
1: I do. So the skydive ultra marathon, I <laughs> long- Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's the only race in the world that starts with a skydive. Awesome. Said, um, skydive space Lynn Cluston in Florida. And I have wanted to do this race like since before I even got licensed. So it's totally epic. Um, you can run a race from anywhere, anywhere from a 10 K up to hundred miles. They used to have a 200 mile race. That a friend of mine actually paced um, the uh, the female winner in, but they just got rid of it. Um, wow. Maybe they'll bring it back if I ask them. Um, but <laughs> um, maybe. Uh, but yeah, now um, the highest race you can do is a uh, hundred miles. So, so you jump out of a plane.
0: Do, now, do you have to mm-hmm. be? Do you have to jump on your own, or can you do a tandem to start the race?
1: Oh no, it, it's mostly tandem jumpers who actually do it.
0: Okay, all right. Cool. Um,
1: yeah. I was yeah, going to say I don't um, know that and- many
0: fucking skydivers would go run an ultra marathon.
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, it's um, I, I know that it's for a fact that it's mostly ten jumpers. You can, of course, uh, jump as a licensed uh, jumper too. Sure. So yeah, it's like a six point, like two five mile loop or something like that around the drop zone, and depending on the race that you sign up for it's you know however many loops accumulate to that distance so my goal is to do the 100 miler there but i want to save it for my 100th jump because like well yeah i had this crazy yeah this crazy idea like you know why not celebrate my 100th jump followed by running 100 miles around a drop zone it's like, totally crazy. I don't know if it's ever been done before, but, you know... Yeah, I, usually I people run should.
0: about 100 yards uh, for their 100th jump, <laughs> and it's just to get to the beer, <laughs> usually. <laughs> I, so. I mean. <laughs> I mean, I suppose there can be beer at the end of the 100 miles, but... <laughs>
1: oh, For sure. That's definitely something that you're going
0: (laughs) to crave. You're also doing something that uh, is combining um, your running and skydiving, too, which is one of the main reasons we wanted to talk. And that's you've got this project coming up uh, specifically to try and help out everything that's going on. So I want you to tell me about that.
1: Absolutely. So I've really admired uh, what Liquid Sky is doing uh, for everyone throughout the community right now. Uh, yes. How they switched from making skydiving suits to masks and, yes. you know, and donating them to hospitals who are struggling throughout the nation. Hospitals that have, you know, little to none, little to no uh, PPE equipment. And, you know, I just find that remarkable that this company found a way to keep, um, their employees, you know, with jobs and found a way to adapt. Sure. And change their myth to help their community. And I just I really admire that so much and I see their struggle. Like I see that they're donating a lot more than, you know, profiting. And I wanted to help I wanted to help out. As a nursing student, look, there's not much I can do right now. Obviously I'm not (laughs) nearly qualified to treat someone but There is, a, there is a way, there are ways that I can give back and be proactive during this time. And I might never have this opportunity again if I don't take it right now. So um, I remember I, like a week ago, I uh, uh, contacted Matt Jaskal, uh, who co-runs Liquid Sky, and I told him my pitch and uh, gave him a call. He was on his way back uh, driving from Liquid Sky headquarters in California, back to Vegas. And I told him my idea, I said, how about I run 100 miles in a day and fundraise money. And all the money that I raise, I will use to buy masks from Liquid Sky that I will distribute to hospitals that are struggling within the tri-state area alongside my nursing friends. That's awesome. And him and Julio loved it. Yeah. You know what? And it's it's a great way to give back to not only, you know, my healthcare community, but my SkyDive community as well. Because sure. I see Liquid Sky putting out a lot of work Oh yeah. this project. And you know, this would benefit them as well, you know, oh, and reward yeah. them for their hard work, you know, for helping our healthcare warriors and it would just and it would help our running community too. It, you know, I feel like would inspire, you know, my fellow runner friends sure. to train. To well, and to do something to do so safely, of yeah,
0: course. potentially to do something similar as well. Okay. Well, and I was lucky enough recently to have Julio on the podcast and yeah. and talk about it. And he's such an energetic and uh, entertaining character, anyway. Uh, so <laughs> you listen to to Julio talk just a little bit, and in the course of the podcast, of course, we talk about uh, skydiving and building suits, and and talked quite a bit about the masks. But somewhere along the lines, we ended up talking about being shoulder deep up a cow's ass, giving pregnancy tests, and uh, um, inseminating cattle how i don't know Uh, but it was the most entertaining podcast i'd had in ages because he had me fucking laughing my ass off Uh, but the biggest thing that i took away from that podcast was i got to like a lot of the skydivers that i know take pride in what he's doing if for no other reason than because he's a member of the skydiving community and so am i So it's super cool to have a skydiver doing something like that, giving back. And it's the same thing with you doing the, you know, the 100-mile run in 24 hours to try and save – to make money to dedicate these masks to helping out. It's a big fucking deal. It really is.
1: Thank you. Yeah, no, you know what? Um, And how I see it is like, you know, I – it's, I feel that it's my duty to give back, you know, I'm going into nursing, which is a profession that's dedicated to helping people and all my life I've, I've, I've dedicated myself to helping others. It's what I enjoy doing. And again, I see an opportunity like this, I have this crazy idea, I don't know if it's gonna work. But I have to take it. Sure. I, I have to. Now, what's the
0: try? what's the logistics yeah. on the run, or do you have a, a, a route that you're doing? Uh, is there sure you know what, what specifically are you doing for the run? How are you going to track it? How are you going to to show what you've done?
1: Absolutely. So originally, Dean, I was planning on doing this. Originally, I was planning on doing this outdoors because you know I uh, was inspired recently um, by my friend D- David Kilgore um, who ran a hundred miles across florida um mm. to raise money to buy um, gift cards from struggling uh shoe stores who weren't making that much money and sure. donate shoes to um healthcare workers in new york city hospitals so they have proper footwear awesome uh, it's it was an amazing project it went viral and i literally like messaged him after you know telling him like dude what you just did is <laughs> insanely incredible like mm. good for you and that really inspired me but then Um, so I was planning on, yeah, originally doing this run outdoors. I was going to use, um, a GPS tracker to have people track me, but then I kind of took a step back after talking to a couple of people, um, in Dubai, for example, who, um, who are confined to their homes. And I'm sure you could speak for this as well, you know, and had a lot more restrictions going on compared to us in the U S where we're still allowed to go out and walk and run, you know, compared to people who literally, you know, um, in Dubai, in other countries, for example, who can only go out for, you know, essential, uh, you know, uh, items only. And I didn't think that was really, um, I didn't think it was fair. And I really wanted to honor um, people like that, or people who are sick and, you know, confined to their homes um, by running indoors. So I changed my mind. I adapted and I decided to run this on a treadmill instead.
0: Now that's a whole different beast, isn't it?
1: It is. It's, it is a whole different beast. Um, Yeah. So wanting to honor, uh, again, uh, people who were confined to their homes and kind of stay along the whole, kind of stick with the whole uh, stay at home mantra, especially as a nursing student. You know, um, I I decided that it would be best to go forward with this instead. Mm. Um, So, yeah, I'm going to be running um, on a treadmill uh, for 100 miles within a day. And as you know, um, treadmills are not that accurate. So Mm. I'm not going to be going, obviously, off the mileage on the treadmill. Um, I do plan, uh, after confiding in um, a really amazing runner friend of mine, I was considering using something called Stride. It's a foot pod, and you connect it to your watch. So okay. it's highly accurate, and it records um, your mileage, your pace, everything. So I was going to order that and start experimenting with that before the race, making sure that it was um, accurate and and uh, yeah, sure, and gave me the results sure. that I wanted because accuracy is very important to me for this event, sure. Um, as you know, so well, and I would imagine yeah, too. So
0: in the age of social media, I'd imagine it'll be uh, good to be able to get a, a team to to some degree behind you to get snippets of video and, and updates, live updates of what's going on, would be a great idea as well.
1: Oh yeah, for sure. Um, and I'll have my family with me as well to um, recording. I'll have my laptop out, uh, live streaming on Facebook. Nice. Um, I plan on yeah, streaming um, on Instagram live as well, and then having another phone out uh, for people to call me and text me to listen to music and then um in terms of like what mileage i'm on you know someone suggested to me having like a mileage countdown so like you know people could like tune in and see you know how many miles i'm doing and i'm not sure how to do that i'm not like too uh (laughs) savvy when it comes to that kind of stuff but um yeah i i am uh going to advocate for stride uh for the time being and play around with that um, make sure uh, you know it's as accurate as it's uh, supposed to be, and well, I uh, mean, and you could even yeah. go as
0: low tech as having somebody yeah. that's helping you, literally filming and and texting out. Yeah, she's at this many miles. <laughs> I mean,
1: that that will probably is probably what's going to happen. Yeah. Um, And and why wouldn't uh, it be?
0: I mean, to to perfectly honest, that to me makes it a little bit more personal anyway. I mean, it makes it more of a team effort. Obviously, you're you're doing the running and everything. But I think it makes it more personal to have someone that's clearly there going fucking hell. I'm still sitting here. I'm bitching because I'm still awake, but she's still running.
1: (laughs) I mean, yeah. No, that's, that's probably what's going to happen. Like, uh, have my mom or my brother uh, <laughs> do that for me. Yeah. Now for, how do you feel about uh, running on a <laughs> treadmill
0: though? Cause I know personally running on a treadmill isn't as comfortable <laughs> as running outdoors. No, it's
1: not. Um, I've run on a treadmill for a long um, time before. I mean, it isn't very fun, but I feel like in a way it is, I mean, it's monotonous, but it's also easier than some of the other races I've done. Sure. Like, you know, for example, uh, the 24 hour race, you know, I was running that in like 20 degree weather around the same circle, you know, 106 times, Right. you know, I'm running on a treadmill. It's kind of essentially the same thing if you think about it, but sure. at least I'm not going to have to deal with adverse weather conditions. Sure. Sure. Yeah. And it's it's gonna be more fun in my opinion too, because I'll be interacting with people the whole time. Like yeah. I plan on making this a really a really fun event. Like I was actually going to, you know, request for people to like, you know, uh, donate more money, you know, in for me to like do like, you know, maybe funny things like I don't know, sure chug a Red Bull or two at like, you know, mile <laughs> ninety or run with like my skydive helmet or something right. like for an hour. Just getting creative and like, you know, increasing the engagement of this thing is what's yeah. important to me. Like, and I can't really do that if I'm like running outdoors. Right. Well, you know, normally, I can't with normally yeah. running
0: on a treadmill is, is uh, in fact, I had a, a good friend that uh, was a, an athlete just like that. He was a cycler instead of a runner though. And, and uh, he said about treadmills, he's all, no one's ever uh, uh, kept running on a treadmill because they wanted to see what was around the next corner. <laughs> so, you know, we would go out for trail runs in the Marin headlands and you'd end up doing five miles more than you planned just because it was so damn pretty out. Uh, you wanted to see what was over the next hill or around the next corner. That never happens on a treadmill. But in this case, because yeah. you're going to have this interaction, I think that's probably going to give you a hell of a boost.
1: Oh, it's it's definitely going to help immensely. Like, it's not like I'm just running on a treadmill, you right. know, staring at a wall right. the entire time. Yeah. I feel like I'll have people with me there the entire time, even if it's not, you know, in person virtually. Right. Um, it's going to be, it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm, I'm personally really excited for this. Um, when I might, when, um, uh, whatchamacallit, I plan on like doing uh, before the race as well, like a virtual run. So maybe like going for like a, 10 mile run, you know, on the treadmill and inviting people to come, you know, talk to me live and ask me questions about the race, about running skydiving, just to kind of like generate excitement for the event. So I I definitely have a couple things in mind. Um, And yeah, like I just want to generate as much um, support and excitement as I can for the next couple of weeks leading up to this Um, play around with stride, uh, you know, uh, obviously practice beforehand, make sure you know, the accuracy of the mileage I'm doing is on point because um, that's it's, that's extremely important to this, too, right. um, especially because I did register um, to run a virtual 100 miler um, going into this. So um, I was supposed to run the Habanero 100 miler uh, this summer, and I decided not to to transfer my race entry to the next year. Um, because I don't want to risk like it getting cancelled or anything. Sure. So the race director is putting on a bunch of virtual races and one of them is a one hundred miler. So I signed up for that virtual one hundred miler. So I will be submitting the results of this event to that event. Oh nice. If that makes sense. Nice. Yeah, it absolutely yeah. So, it does. So accurate making sure, you know, um, that I'm running an accurate amount of mileage and then I'm keeping track of that um, is is very important. So yeah, I'll be Two birds, yeah, one stone walk, for you. yeah, uploading uh, my results to Strava, um, which I'll then uh, send to the race director. That's um, very cool. So yeah, yeah, I, I'm so I'm I'm really excited for this, um, and I actually get a, a belt buckle too for finishing this because when you finish a 100 miler, like the, um, the tradition is you receive a belt buckle <laughs> instead of a medal. Okay. So, um, yeah, so okay. when I submit my results uh, to uh, of this event to the, to the uh, race director, as long as you finish a hundred miles, I think it's like under 30 hours, they send you a belt buckle in the mail, which is like pretty cool. And the race entry itself is uh, significantly cheaper than what you would pay for an actual event, just because you're not dealing with the aid stations right. and, you know, paying for stuff like that. Yeah. Right. You're just kind of like paying for, yeah. Like now the award. <laughs> have you
0: got everything set up for people to be able to donate or is that something that's still in the works?
1: Um, well, I just finished uh, making the GoFundMe, um, but everything is kind of still in the works right now. I've been in touch with a lot of different publications and people interested in, you know, um, uh, you know, publishing this story and everything. So this week is really just all about creating content, um, putting some final touches on the GoFundMe page um, and just kind of, uh, yeah, setting things up. Uh, I plan on announcing this through a video. Um, in a couple of days. So cool. that's exciting. And once I make this announcement and that posts on uh, my page and liquid skies page, then I'll allow, um, the rest of the press to release uh, anything they want to, that's but awesome. yeah, we're generating a lot of support on this so far, Dean. Uh, awesome. Know, yeah. We're getting in touch with runner's world, uh, magazine, um, strong runner Chick, strong running chicks. Um, I have a podcast interview with them in two days, which I'm very excited for. Nice. Um, cookie helmets blue skies magazine um, yeah just to name a few uh, so I'm excited I'm just gonna continue to reach out to people you know who see who I could get in contact with I really I just want as many people to be positively you know as many people to be positively positively impacted by this project as possible sure but I really want to you know combine you know both the running and the skydiving communities together to you know impact such an incredible cause because I feel like that hasn't really been before, you know, like I just, I want to bring like the best of my both worlds together. Yeah, absolutely. Um, absolutely. Well, yeah. And
0: it's, it's a, it's a great cause and a great idea as well. Now this, this podcast yeah. will be airing probably, I don't know, three or four days, maybe a week before Wait. the actual attempt. Uh, so I'll be able to link, uh, anything in the description for this podcast on how people can go and donate. Uh, but uh, how do they find out 100%. just about you in general? Is there a, um, do you have an athlete's page or a public page that people can check you out at?
1: Yeah. So I have an Instagram account. Um, Rachel Belmont. Uh, my username is actually a uh, sky runner. Uh, it nice. kind of like combining. Yeah. Yeah. my uh, love for skydiving and running. So it's underscore sky R and R underscore. Um, yeah. Yeah. Hoping that name, uh, sticks for a while. I, I yeah, think for it's, sure. a, it's a fun twist on words, especially going into this event too. Yeah, um, cause it is a skydiving slash running event. If you think about it. Um, well, and especially yeah. with and people have, like uh, cookie Facebook helmets and you here. got,
0: you got blue skies, <laughs> you got liquid sky yeah. and all that. So you've got so much of skydiving tied into it. So yeah, no, that's, that's fair. Sure. You were just saying a Facebook account as well.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I have a Facebook account. Um, I'm, I also have a blog. Um, which is, um, in my Instagram bio. Um, yeah, it's a personal blog. I only have like one post up. I've been crazy busy with school lately, but I do plan on updating that, like, especially after this event, um, with more stories and stuff on what I'm doing. Um, yeah. And it also has, um, a link to another podcast interview I did for culture trail running, which is, um, yeah, a podcast that interviewed me after my um, win at the 24-hour race. So if you want to hear about um, that and, you know, how I ran 106 miles while, uh, you know, shoving bacon grilled cheeses down my throat <laughs> <laughs> at mile 80. Uh, Be my guest. Well, that's pretty
0: fantastic. I mean, Rachel, honestly, I I I look forward to seeing not the attempt, but the success that I'm sure you're going to have in this, as well as finding out how you're going to eventually do uh, for your hundredth jump, running the hundred miler as well. So, I wish you a lot of luck on Mm -hmm. both of them. And uh, I'm urging everybody that's listening to the podcast to uh, check the description for the podcast and find out how you can donate because this is going to be getting masks into the hands of people that need them. Uh, not just from some random manufacturer, but from Julio at liquid sky no. and the crew there. Uh, so when you're donating, you're not just donating to get this stuff done, but you're also helping out skydivers in a skydiving company. And you're, you know, obviously, uh, ramping up a, an active skydiver that's trying to do this all on her own as well, which is just awesome. It really is super, super cool.
1: Yeah. Thank you so much. You know, um, anything I can do to give back to as many people as possible. You know? well, uh, and,
0: and honestly, <laughs> that's that's the kind of thing that we most certainly need right now, uh, now and moving forward. And it's, again, one of the things that uh, all of us as skydivers get to take pride in another skydiver's achievements, uh, both in and out of the sport. So I, I, d- I definitely thank you for the effort for sure. And I definitely thank you for your time on the podcast. I really appreciate you sitting down with me.
1: Well, thank you for having me, Dean. I uh, sincerely appreciate it.
0: Awesome. (laughs) Rachel, blue skies and great luck with the runs.
1: Thank you so much. Take care.
0: That was perfect. All right. Fucking awesome cause on this last podcast between Julio and her. They're busting their ass to try and make sure that they're helping out as much as they can in these weird ass times. Uh, You will find a link on the description of this podcast where you can go and donate to the cause. Get those masks out there and uh, watch Rachel beat the living shit out of herself on a treadmill. As always, this is Lunatic Fringe Into the Void. I am the fucking pilot. This is brought to you, of course, by Blue Skies Magazine. We all know it, right? The most amazing magazine in the known universe. Head to blueskiesmag.com, subscribe to the magazine, get the magazine, get the cool swag, send in your pictures, send in your article ideas. For me, I am the fucking pilot. Find me on Facebook at the fucking pilot and on Instagram, the princess pilot. Uh, also, the fucking is where you're going to find the links to this podcast and all the other episodes, as well as both the books the Blue Skies Mags fucking pilot book and the accidental stripper, both available in print and digital form. Thanks again. We'll see you next time.